Hey, I'm Nicole Ferraro, a contributing editor at Light Reading. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today on the show, we're talking with Light Reading's Ian Morris about convergence and consolidation amongst European telcos, with Francis Orange recently taking a controlling stake in Telecom Romania Communications, or TRC. Ian is here to talk more about this particular deal, why it matters for the individual telcos involved and the industry at large, and what's likely to happen next. All right, Ian, welcome back to the show. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I am good. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, it has. (laughs) So, all right, to start off, can you tell me a bit about this recent deal between Orange and TRC and maybe some background on how we got here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's uh, it's a Romanian deal. um, And at the center of it all really is Deutsche Telekom, which is... German operator, obviously, but owns lots of networks across Central and Eastern Europe. And it moved into Romania um, a few years ago. I mean, it's going back a while now through the acquisition, actually, of a stake in a Greek operator called OTE, which is a Greek incumbent. Um, And OTE happened to own stakes in Romania's sort of fixed line incumbent and the main mobile operator there as well. So it's a really kind of complicated ownership structure. Um, and for quite a long time now, I and mean, at least going back to the two years, I think, possibly even longer, there have been rumours, there's been speculation that Deutsche Telekom is looking to exit Romania. It's it's kind of, it's sort of underperformed in the market, I guess. It's never really kind of been able to make a success of it, it seems. You know, you look at the performance and they seem to have been, you know, losing customers or they've complained about one thing or another. They never seem completely happy with the, the environment there. Um, and they just seem to have other priorities these days. You know, as you'll know, they have a big, really big presence in America now with mm-hmm. mobile and Sprint, and that's been a growth engine for them. They're spending a lot of money in the German market on 5G and fiber. Um, and you just kind of sense that they've been looking to try and get a deal done and, and sort of struggling to find a buyer because partly, I think, because the ownership structure, partly because it is so um confusing and and that and i think that's been a barrier that they've been trying to um you know they've been trying to sort of negotiate with with several players involved because they've obviously had to have ot at the table as well and right. and then there's all the usual concerns as well i guess about mergers and acquisitions in europe and that's that's basically the background the buyer that they've eventually found is orange which is France's France's incumbent and very much like Deutsche Telekom has networks in various other European markets and has a presence in Romania through a mobile operator it owns there, just branded Orange Romania, um, doesn't have a fixed line network. And what they're basically doing in this deal is acquiring Deutsche Telekom's, I think it's 54% stake, this is OTE owns 54%. So Indirectly, Deutsche Telekom's got less than that, but this 54% stake in the business is what um, Orange is buying. And I think the transaction fee is it's 200 odd million or something, basically, that they're spending for it. So it implies a kind of valuation for the business of about 500 million euros. 
Okay. So about Orange, your your story touches on this deal as a convergence boost for Orange. So can you talk a little bit about how Orange views convergence? Yeah. Why does... I think there's a couple of things to say about it. I think there's, 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 con- there's sort of consolidation generally, I think, in Europe. And I think there's the convergence angle, which is a really interesting one here. So, mm-hmm. and it's not unique to Orange. I think all of Europe's operators have over the last few years, they've been stressing the importance of having both fixed and mobile networks uh, in the various mm-hmm. that they're in. And, and, and one of the main reasons for that is if you only have um, a mobile asset, which tends to be the situation because companies acquired licenses and they bought other assets, you know, back when, um, you know, back when 3G was being offered, they, they sort of went on a spree and, and, and moved into other markets. And you had this situation where a lot of companies were sort of mobile only. Fix tends to be something that's been inherited from one, you know, state-owned incumbent and has not been as competitive a market, um, you know, more of a wholesale kind of market. But increasingly, companies want to have both types of infrastructure. And, and one of the reasons is they just feel if there are other if there are other players in the market that have the, have the two together, they can, you know, they have an opportunity that you don't have. It, it sort of leaves you exposed. There's the threat that someone might come along and sell a mobile service with a fixed one packaged in, which is basically what, what they often mean by convergence. It's really the sort of wrapping together of the, of the mobile and the fixed service. And if you can't do that as well, then there's a good chance your customers are going to move to these attractively priced deals where, where you also get fixed broadband and you get TV. Uh, and then it becomes very, very easy to kind of lock customers into that kind of deal. Um, you know, you, you end up with a sort of a loyal is a word that gets used. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's loyalty or just the difficulty of moving, but I think <laughs> right. that's been the really big driver. And and Orange in particular has made a real success story of convergence. You know, they've I'd, I'd say out of all the European operators, they're probably the one the one that's done it best in my opinion. Actually, they they had a huge okay. amount of success in Spain by offering fixed and mobile services together. Um, they they just seem to they just seem to get it right in terms of the pricing, what to offer. Um, customer experience has been, you know, reports of that have been good. They have, they have sort of a good perception. The brand's very strong. So, so they've, it's been a really important part of their strategy. And Romania has been a huge hole because, you know, they've had this mobile only business there. Um, it leads to other issues as well. You know, you, you don't have an obvious means of backhauling your mobile traffic, which is becoming more important with 5G. You know, the bit that takes traffic from the base station to the core network is often on fixed links. So, you don't have your own fixed business you're having to buy that from somebody else so there's there's all sorts of other reasons but um but essentially they 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 need they decided they needed a fixed line business in Romania and this was obviously an opportunity for them i don't know how long negotiations have been going on but but orange orange is now you know hopefully still has to clear reg- regulation but hopefully acquired right. this this fixed line asset yeah. Um, so on that, you know, they, when when will the deal actually be official, um, and what are you going to be keeping an eye on between now and then? It is it is a while. Yeah. So it's um, I think it's late next year they're expecting it to close, which is okay. which is quite long. now. And, th- and this this gets back to the, the challenges of consolidating in in Europe. Now, I mean, on, the, on the one hand, you wouldn't expect it to run into the usual complaints because it's not. Um, regulators in Europe get very upset when one player gets removed from the market. So if they tried to buy the um, the mobile business as well that Deutsche Telekom indirectly owns uh, in, in Romania or indirectly has a stake in, I should say, in Romania, then it would have been more problematic. And I have a feeling that's why that asset wasn't included because there's been a lot of speculation that Deutsche Telekom is trying to sell that as well. 
Um, I think if they bought that too, then regulators were more likely to get involved and say, well, hang on a minute, we're going down from four or five players. I can't remember exactly what it is. It is quite a competitive market, but we'd, we'd be going down to a smaller number. Um, you know, and as you saw in America with the whole T-Mobile sprint takeover, it had the similar, similar concerns there. It eventually yeah. got through. But the European regulators have a history of kind of blocking um, mergers on that basis. On, on the other hand, I mean, maybe I'm overthinking things here a little bit, but, um, it, you know, it does put Orange in a better position, I think, than Deutsche Telekom's been in. Because, uh, you know, if you look, if it, Deutsche Telekom, basically, I think it owns 45% of OTE. So it only has a minority share in that Greek operator, uh, even though it's the biggest shareholder. Um, and then OTE owns, I think it's, so it's 54% of the fixed line Romanian business, and I think 70% of the mobile one. But what it what it means is that Deutsche Telekom actually is a, mi- a minority shareholder in the Romanian company. So this this deal that's happened, which will obviously have involved OTE at the table as well, means Orange is it's sort of simplifying the structure. Orange comes along and it is the majority shareholder of the business now. It's in a better position perhaps to drive through some organisational changes that you know Deutsche Telekom perhaps had struggled to do. And I'm wondering whether that's a concern for the Romanian government. And and the reason I say that. Is laying off staff, for instance, or trying to, uh, you know, take advantage of synergies between the mobile and fixed business is something that Orange might want to do um, and will be able to, to push ahead with, you know, with, with, with a majority stake and perhaps something that Deutsche Telekom found a lot harder to do. And maybe politically, that's a difficult one for the Romanian government. You know, you get the usual sort of complaints about job losses when assets are partly state-owned. So, I might be overthinking things, but I'm just wondering whether on the state side, this this sort of could put a spanner in the works that you're getting this very powerful French operator coming along and all of a sudden it's in, you know, it's in quite a, it's in a strong controlling position in, in, in the business. So that's maybe one thing to, to keep an eye on. One of the interesting things about the deal, although they're not acquiring the mobile business, they're acquiring uh, the uh, convergent customers. It's Telecom Romania Communications fixed line network the the customers that are on that but also using um telecom romania's mobile service will actually move over to orange's mobile network so you're going to see a drop off in in subscribers i'm guessing on the telecomania mobile network and an increase for orange um and you know there's going to be how they manage that process is going to be interesting, but um, but it'll also be interesting, you know, longer term to kind of look at the performance of this asset and see if they can turn it around. As I say, under Deutsche Telekom, it's really not done that well. I was looking at some of the metrics and they've reported quite big drops in um, subscriber numbers. You know, they've complained about the operating environment not being that good. You know, it, it is quite a competitive market from a convergence perspective. They've, you've got Vodafone in there with fixed and mobile assets. You've got... Um, a company called Digicommunications. So, and, you know, as I say, Orange has a very, very strong reputation. I think these other companies are going to be looking and maybe a little bit worried about what could happen with it coming in. So it could it could really shake things up in Romania. And I think that's going to be, if the deal goes ahead, that'll be interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. Yeah, that, a lot to keep your eye on here, I think. So. <laughs> very much so, yeah. I'll yeah, so it's small, small, small market, really, on the biggest stage. I mean, Romania is 20 million people, so it's big in Eastern Europe, but right. it's sort of 10 below the radar, I think, when we're talking about deal action in the US and, you know, big Western European markets. But um, but the whole makeup, very interesting. And, and, and You're really it. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah. 
thank you so much for taking the time to break that down. We'll be looking forward to you making sense of this for everybody going forward. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Nicole. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks, Ian. See ya. Thank you so much, Ian, for your time today. Thank you as well to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode, and thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share this episode with a colleague or friend, and subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. That's the story for now. We'll be back again soon. <laughs>